Hi, I'm Ken Kessler, and welcome to the Sounds of Christmas podcast. If you're new to this podcast, I want to start by saying thanks for joining us. If you're not new, welcome back. Either way, I'm glad you're here. Now, to avoid any confusion, I want to start off by saying there won't be any music played here. This is a place for conversation. I'll talk about Christmas music and some related topics, sometimes by myself and sometimes with guests. If you're looking for music, just go to soundsofchristmas.com and click on the tree or the player on the front page or on the Listen Now page. We play the best variety of Christmas music all year long. Well, except in October, when we play the best variety of Halloween music. Singer-songwriter Lisa Bialis is with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Ken. You're known as a blues singer-guitarist. Are you okay with that description, or is there something else that you prefer? I think that that hits it. Okay. What inspired you to head down a musical path? Well, I grew up in a musical family and uh, learned to sing from listening to my mother singing around the house. And she was in community theater and had, you know, Ella Fitzgerald, Lena Horne records. And my dad played upright bass in a Dixieland jazz band. So that happy music was playing in my childhood. So I just came about it naturally. I just started singing at a young age and loved it. And it made me feel good. And I think it's because you have to breathe when you're singing. You have to consciously make an effort and breathe. And I think that's what makes people feel so good when we're singing. So what led you from that into, I guess it was sort of music. Music people like to put everybody in boxes, but your music had more of a folk feel and then you went to blues. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, folky for a, a long while. And I, you know, writing in the singer-songwriter sort of genres kind of feels like, you know, standing with the guitar, singing. It feels like folk music. Um, but a lot of people would say, oh, I love that bluesy sound you have. You know, I was always hearing that. And I think it was this this timbre of my voice that people were commenting about. And then... Um, I met E.G. Kite and she said, oh, yeah, you you got the blues voice. I'm going to you got to come down here to Macon, Georgia. I'm going to record an album on you. That's what she said. I'm going to record an album on you. And I said, well, OK, you know, <laughs> that sounds great to me. Um, I'd never had anybody produce a record for me before. And uh, it was a really wonderful experience. And so we did a lot of research and she turned me on to a lot of uh, different kinds of blues music you know, that I hadn't heard before. And uh, that sort of started it all. I saw on your website that as you were learning guitar, your brother gave you a Beatles songbook. And later on, you covered While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And then I saw that you sang that for Francis Ford Coppola. How did that happen? That's true. Yeah. So I met Francis Ford Coppola at a private party in North Carolina I was singing and, you know, met him. He's charming. And, uh, you know, a few years later, he called me and said, um, I've got this movie and there's, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, there's a part where, where a woman is, a, she's a waitress, but she also sings. And and I was like, oh, uh -huh, mm -hmm, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, that sounds neat. He goes, and I was just wondering if you'd be interested in, in the part. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I didn't think he was just calling to chat about it. But yes, yes, sure, I'd like to do that. And then we record, uh, we filmed it in California. 
um, Northern California. And when we all got together to meet all the actors and everything, he asked me, he said, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you mind? Would you mind singing while my guitar gently weeps? And my mind went, oh, my God, how did he know I did that song? He must have been listening to my music. You know, and I was like, and I'm so glad he asked me one that I knew because I don't remember all the songs that I've recorded. You know, I can't possibly 11 albums. Sure. So um, anyway, that's how that came about. And I'm in his movie. It's called Twixt. How did you avoid getting the acting bug after that? Well, you know, that's a lot of waiting around and um, it's a lot of hard work acting for uh, a movie. I, I do have a, a master's degree in theater, so I, I love theater. And I directed a show here in Oxford at our community theater uh, early in the in the year in March. And that was a whole lot of fun. But, um, you know, there's a lot of acting that goes on when you're on stage, you know, singing you know, acting out those songs or feeling all the emotions that go along with it. Speaking of emotions that go along with it, I love the story behind Crying Over You. That's on your um, album, The Beat of My Heart. Can you share the origins of that and how and why you decided to record it? Yes. Crying Over You is a song that my mother wrote and sang when she was 24 years old. She was out in California with my father and some friends and they were uh, working and she was singing and she recorded this tune and it was a cappella. She recorded a cappella on a 75 record where you could just sing and then they would cut it immediately and then you'd go home with this, this record. So she had this record. I didn't know she had this record, but I remember hearing her sing that song when I was a little girl many, 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 many times. She'd stand at the kitchen sink, stare out the window, doing the singing out, you know, doing the laundry, painting the clothes, singing. Everybody in the neighborhood knew she sang. She just sang. And so my mother died in 98 and my dad died in 02. And in 02, we found a, you know, a box of things and uh, this, the record was there. And I just happened to have a little record player that played 33, 45, and 78. And I'm like looking at it going, that's, you know, got to be a 78. So I put it on and there she is singing this song, a cappella, so beautiful. and just takes me back to when I was a child, standing in the kitchen, listening to my mother sing. So I thought, well, you know, I talked to Tony Bronigal, my producer. I said, well, is, I, I'd like to do this song, but I think, it, you know, what are we going to do? Maybe we could, Maybe we could have her her voice on there. Maybe she could do the first verse and I could come in and finish it. And that's what we did. So it's almost like a duet. Almost. Yes. <laughs> How nice. That What a cool story. Thank you. The new album is called at Christmas and, and we're going to get to that in a second. I noticed this wasn't exactly your first foray into Christmas music. You recorded Carol of the Bells years ago for the, for your come to me album which yeah. was not a Christmas album. How no. did you wind up doing that? I just liked the song so much. And I thought, well, I'm going to put this on here, see how it does. And people like it. And I get, I get requests for it a lot from my husband. He loves that song. <laughs> but I, you know, when I went to recording this album, I thought, well, I'm going to sing all my favorite Christmas songs. And then I thought, well, I'm going to have to write a couple, you know, and I, I was like, oh gosh, I, this is hard. 
how am I going to get in the mood for this? You know, it's, you know, June, it's July, it's August, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to write Christmas songs? And, uh, so once I got going, it was, it was great, but you know, I, I called Tony, I'd written one song, the Christmas record song. How do I get in the mood to sing a holiday song in September? And then I was stuck. I was like, Oh my God, what was I thinking? I'm, I called Tony and said, Tony, I don't know. I'm having second thoughts. He goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got ideas. I've got ideas. He goes, I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you my ideas. Hold on now. Don't do anything. <laughs> don't, don't talk like that. And then the next day he sent me this very sleepy version of the boy I met, the boy I met, the boy I met for Christmas. And then I hear him like kind of snort, you know, and I'm thinking he's asleep. And he, in the middle of the night, it came to him and he recorded it on his phone in the morning, he sent it to me. So that kind of got me. I, as soon as I heard that, I saw the whole story of the song and was able to, you know, create the verses that went along with it. And that kind of, then we were like going back and forth, like working with off of each other with ideas. And it really, it just came. It was wonderful. You know, there, there are lots of stories of different artists over the years recording Christmas music in the summer. And really that's almost what you have to do to be able to have it ready for the Christmas season. But I can't think of another song that is actually about that process besides Christmas record. Oh, hmm. I, can't, I can't think of it. I'm <laughs> I'm sure that there may be somebody listening right now who says, but what about? And, yeah. And, you know, if you've got a what about for this, go ahead and and find me on social media and let me know and I'll and I'll make the correction. But I, I don't know if another one. One of the other things that I, I thought was very interesting about this album is that there's kind of a connection to Conan O'Brien. Oh, yes, that's true. Uh, Richie LaBamba did the uh, horns on Shake Hands with Santa Claus. and. Um, Mark Pender, Jerry Vivino, and Garrett Smith. I think all those guys worked with Conan. Yeah. 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 I saw the names and, you know, La Bamba, obviously, everybody yeah. remembers him. Um, yeah. But I thought, oh, how cool. And, I know. It's so cool. Yeah. And the, the album is one of the things that I love about Christmas music is that it can break all the rules because if you're, if you're making a blues album, it needs to be, well, the philosophy or the thinking on it. It needs to be a blues album and you can't mix genres. And, but at Christmas has big band and new Orleans style jazz and classic rock and even kind of country. It's a big mix of stuff, which really is unique to Christmas music. It's one place that you can do that and nobody says anything. Yeah. I love that. It's like uh, anything goes. Yeah. Yeah. Felt, felt a lot of freedom and, uh, you know, it just felt really good. With uh, Shake Hands with Santa Claus, which I think that is the only cover that's on there, right? That's true. Yeah. Were there were there other ones that you wanted to do that just didn't make the cut? Or is there something special about this song? Um, you know, I love the sentiment of this tune. To me, the, the lyrics, it's like something I would have said. You know, if you want some candy, I'll bring you some candy. And I, it's shake hands with Santa Claus, but I say shake hands with Mrs. Claus. So I'm t stepping into the, 
the boots here of uh, Mrs. Claus and, you know, taking care of everybody, feeding them and giving them candy and flowers and tie. And it says, I love you. I love you. And I'm going to bring, I just love singing that. It just feels so good to say that, you know, to sing that. Now, I don't want to spoil it for everybody going track <laughs> by track for everything, but can you share the story behind Lulu Magoo? Oh, Lulu. You know, that tune was going through my head so for so long since I got this cute little dog. Lulu Magoo, she'll unconditionally adore you. That's all the farther I've got. That's been in my head. We walk. I say that. Hey, Magoo, you know. And then when it came time for Christmas, I'm like, well, this is the perfect opportunity. I'll just make it a Christmas song. And so that's that just sort of opened it up. I'd had that idea in my head for a couple of years and didn't really do anything with it. And it just made all kinds of sense to put it on the album. <laughs> so Lulu Magoo is kind of, a, a re- I was going to say a real person, but a, a real dog. She's my little, yeah, my little King Charles Cavalier. She's on, and she's on the back of the album. You'll be able to see her there. Oh, sweet. She's got a little, yeah. Anything in, in particular about any of the songs we haven't talked about that that you think people should know about or would like to know about? Wait, I don't know. I hope You know, I hope people hear this album and it's their new favorite album. Because, you know... Music just it transports you. And my favorite album is the Vince Guaraldi Charlie Brown Christmas album. I have to hear that when it makes me happy. I also love Ella Fitzgerald's Christmas album. But, you know, Christmas is such, it's like emotionally charged times. So you can have a great Christmas or you can have a crappy Christmas. You know, you just kind of don't know with life and how it goes on. So I, I'm hoping that this album, people find it and they're like, oh, I love it. And, and it's not real long. And I hope they love it and they press, you know, repeat, they want to hear it again over and over. That's that's what I'm hoping. Well, hoping it brings them as much joy as it did, you know, creating it all. One of the things that I really got excited about with this is that most of it is original. I mean, I like, uh, I, I love Carol of the Bells, which is not on this, but that you had already recorded. And I like Shake Hands with Santa Claus, but that there's a whole bunch of new songs that get added to the canon of christmas music that's that's exciting because you hear a lot of oh i don't want to you know jingle bell rock is one of those that i that that is like my whipping boy that i i pulled that out because it seems i love it too (laughs) i i i love i do love jingle bell rock but it also seems to be one of those songs that a lot of artists let's do a christmas single and they throw out jingle bell rock and there's not a lot of heart in it and it's, you know, and it's again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And at Christmas has a whole bunch of new songs for everybody to discover and enjoy. And, and it just, it just evokes the holiday season. And I got very excited when, when I first heard about this, that there's a bunch of new songs. So that's great. Was that, was that at all daunting to you? to come up with a bunch of new songs, knowing that there are going to be some people who just want Bing's white Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it, it did. Uh, it was daunting and a little overwhelming. And, you know, like I said, Tony was really, you know, helped me through it all. And uh, Jeff Paris also wrote uh, the, the title. We worked on the title cut at Christmas together. Um, yeah. It felt overwhelming at first. 
And I was like, I don't want to, everybody's heard these tunes, but you know, when I was telling people I was recording a Christmas album, they're like, oh, are you going to do Mary? Did you know, are you, you know, all the favorite ones they love hearing me sing. It's like, no, but at the concert, my show, I'll do that song for you, but not on the album. So um, it was, yeah, a little daunting, but I really loved what we came up with and how, you know, the writing this time, I took my own advice. I, I tell a lot of songwriters, you know, when you're going to write, there's that little inner critic that says, oh, that's no good. Oh, you know, as you're writing, you got this critic. And I said, you know what? Take a cup of coffee, sit it off to the side, tell your little critic, hey, I'm busy. I'm going to write this. And I did that this time. And I didn't do a lot of fussing over it. And I let it be as it was. It's like, well, I don't need to change that. That's how I felt. That's how I said it. You know what I mean? So I just kind of let it flow as it came out. And really, it was the most joyful after I got over the the stress of like, oh, my God, I have to write a, all these tunes. You know, after I got over that and it started flowing, it's like, well, yes, just let it go like this. You know, take your own advice. Let that set that little critic off to the side and tell it to shut up. I'm working here. I got to get this done. So that's that's how it went. I apologize for asking this, but I'm a Christmas music junkie and I, I can't help it. Now that you have gone through this process and even though At Christmas is just out, any thoughts about more Christmas music on the horizon from you? Um. Well... No, not really. Um, during COVID, I recorded a bunch of those original, uh, those tunes that everybody loves. And, and I did a little YouTube uh, video called The 12 Days of Christmas. So I released, it turned into 14 songs, but I le released a song a day during COVID. You know, everybody was like connected to their computers yeah. and did duets with my, my music friends. So I would send... You know, we would do it either by Zoom or on the phone. And I'd say, here's my part. Can you add your cello or your trumpet or your violin or your pedal steel or your piano or your bass? You know, like all these friends. And we I released, uh, you know, that. Um, so I've, I've sort of I think I've exhausted it here for a while. <laughs> uh, I know you've got a, a CD release party coming up next month and a couple Christmas shows. Beyond that, what's next for you? Well, I don't have anything on the horizon except just promoting this album. Uh, what's next for me? I'm looking at uh, maybe directing another show here in our community. I'm reading some plays now. Um, I have to like sort of plan a year or a half in advance for that because of playing music. So, um, and then my husband and I, we love traveling in December, November, December, or January and February. We'll do a little traveling and visit friends and yeah, just see how the next year unfolds. What's the best way for people to keep up with you? Is it through your website, social media? Yeah, website, social media. I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram. I try to post what I'm doing, you know, shows that I have coming up and videos. Oh, I've made four videos to go with this record, too. One of them was a live video that we did out in L.A., and then uh, three others, I, when I was here, uh, came back. I thought, well, I want to release one in September because my the Christmas record is how do you get in the mood to sing a holiday song in September? So I'm like, I got to release that in September for a little, you know, teaser. And then October, we released uh, one, The Boy I Met for Christmas. And then November, we'll release another one and December, another one. So that's been a whole lot of fun. I've been really busy with this album all year. It's been great. 
Terrific. Well, I'll put a link down in the show notes to your website and your YouTube channel and people can uh, people who are listening can just go down there and click and check all that stuff out. And thank you. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and talking Christmas music today. Thank you, Ken. It was a real pleasure. And thank you so much for listening and for continuing to support the Sounds of Christmas station and podcast. I already told you how to listen to the station and you're listening to the podcast now. So my work here is really just about done. All of our episodes are available on the Sounds of Christmas website. Just click the podcast tab. And we also have a link tree page with most, if not all, of the sites that stream our podcast on there. So you can find your favorite and you can connect and subscribe and you'll never miss another episode. If you have comments or suggestions on this episode, previous episodes, or the Sounds of Christmas Station, feel free to reach out to me on social media or through the website. Thanks again. And may you always believe in Santa Claus.